Week 5, welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Football Inside Slant. Here we go again, right off the top. I am joined by a very, very special guest via telephone, international produce mogul, Wellington J. Briggs the Third Esquire. Mr. Briggs, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, I am here, and you know, I have come not only bearing widespread fantasy knowledge to everyone out here, I've also come with a little, just a little more, and um, you know, there's there's certain things in the, in the universe, Rick, and you know, and of course, you know, I don't know what it means, and you don't know what it means, but we've all heard of like, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity, it's, it's a simple equation, it's, you know, E equals MC squared, correct, you know? I think I've heard that, all right. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, it basically explains the universe. But, you know, there is an equation that I saw last week that is just totally false. And (laughs) I've come here to debunk it. And, you know, the correct equation is more bricks equals a better show, (laughs) not fish, okay? I don't know. The 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 recent past, the recent history of this show, Rick, I don't know. You're going to have to make a big comeback this season. Oh, I have no comeback to make. <laughs> yeah. Not, number one, you know, I've already listened to your, your two, uh, you know, recommendations to people. And, you know, they turn, tune in early to try to catch some of the correct stuff that I can give. And then you guys start bloviating for the next hour. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> oh my! So Wellington here, feeling a bit, uh, feeling a bit left out. Well, we are happy to have you here. So much to get into, Rick. I don't know. I guess you're in the chat rooms, and I can't get in it. So you're going to have to monitor that if you have that up. And thank I God you have it up. And we actually chat. have a couple of questions in there. If you want to, uh, if you want to, okay, Mr. Fish, you know. You're easily dealt. Let's put it that way, pal. All right. We'll just uh, we'll just take <laughs> trying to trade me for a conditional seventh rounder. I'll think about it. I'll get back to you on that one, Scott. That's All not right. a bad okay. Idea. We need a running back from Latavius right. Murray, like Garrett Blunt, or Duke. Boy, I loved what I saw out of Duke. LeGarrette, every chance he goes out and scores four touchdowns this week. Also, every chance he gets two carries. Uh, I'm not going to mess with that. Latavius Murray up against that Denver defense is the only reason this question's being asked. I I think I still got to go with Latavius. He He's the number one back out of that group. Duke's intriguing after what he did in the passing game, but – I'm going to need to see another week or two of him in that role in that Browns offense. They, they, the Browns have a way of finding something that works offensively and using to use it. And, and that's my fear there with Duke. I, I just, I can't go anywhere near LeGarrette. I know Latavius is your boy, but I, I think I'm going to have to stick with that. Even against that tough front, I think they're going to find to get him the ball in space. If they have, if they got any chance of winning that game. And if we get to our game picks later on, you know, I, I want to talk, this game because I have a feeling the Raiders could win it, but I think if they have any chance of doing it, I think Latavius Murray somehow, some way has to be a big piece of it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go along with you. You know, it, a lot of 
a lot of the decision is made, you know, just on opportunity. And, and let's face it, Latavius Murray is the bell cow. And, uh, you know, New England will lean on Blunt sometimes. Other times he's not quite as involved. And, you know, you, and so you just, I don't know. I, I love Latavius Murray. I liked him at the beginning of the year. And so far he's not had a bad year. He had a little down uh, week last week. You know, he dropped a couple of balls, but, He's still the guy, and uh, he's going to get plenty of work at home against Denver. Yeah, that, that said, Duke, Duke's a guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, I love what I saw out of him last week. That's what we expected when you talked about best-case scenario from for, from him after the draft and heading into the preseason. I just, I don't, Rick, I don't trust the Browns to, to utilize it like, like they did last week. This would be another perfect opportunity you see you know, what a guy like Le'Veon Bell, well, I'm not going to compare these two guys, but what a pass-catching receiver can do to a little more defense. I just have no trust, no faith that, that the Cleveland Browns will, will utilize it. They just don't do it. They love to get away from anything that provides them with any success. It's kind of their bit. Well, yeah, you're right. And, and you know, you brought up the um, uh, Bell. You know, there's no – yeah, there's D'Angelo Williams who has performed admirably for the Steelers, but he's not going to supplant him for any really any playing time. You know, Crowell could, and um, you know, Cleveland will do a lot of things. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I just don't trust Cleveland to do what you think they should be doing. Right, uh, 100%. Well, let's jump over, Rick. I'll hold on to any questions you got in the chat room there. I, I, I want to talk about Thursday night's game. A couple of headlines, not, not much big breaking news yet. We're waiting on this morning. But on the line, looks like our boy Jersey in the house called in before the show even started. He is on top of things today. Jersey, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. I appreciate you taking the call. Hey, quick question. My team 3 and one I'm tied with two guys for first. Uh, here's my dilemma. My receivers are hurt. I got, you know, with Cooper and stuff like that. I have Devontae Adams, who's on, you know, who's hurt. I picked up uh, uh, Kamir Aiken, and I have Travis Benjamin. Um, now, do I, here's my dilemma. I have D'Angelo Williams, who's dead weight on my thing, because I have Bell, Foster, Hill, and Deion Lewis. And I, I start two of them, actually three of them, because one I use as a flex. Do I drop D'Angelo Williams to pick up um, Trayvon Austin? Because he's the next best person available on there. And if I were to pick him up and drop D'Angelo Williams between Trayvon Austin, Amir, and Benjamin, who would I start next to Cooper? It's a PPR league. All right, Rick, I'll, I'll let you start that one out as I sort it all out here. Well, you're trying to keep me up to speed a little bit, Rick. Uh, Jersey on the phone, and I'm on the phone. He kind of fades in and out, so I didn't get the whole gist of it. All right, so, so what we have here is a uh, little banged up at a uh, little banged up at wide receiver. So, so we got a uh, we got Amari Cooper going, dealing with Devonde Adams. We've got uh, Aiken from Baltimore. We got Travis Benjamin. Um, a situation I'm dealing with as well, Rick, needing to make some moves. Uh, Jersey is a Le'Veon Bell owner. He's holding D'Angelo Williams on his on his bench, which is a wide decision, but it's getting to the point where he needs to make a move, and he's looking at Tavon Austin. So, so number one, do you drop D'Angelo for Tavon Austin, and then who do we start alongside a Cooper with those other guys we mentioned? Wow. You know, that's, that, that is a very difficult question. 
quite frankly, Jersey. I mean, you know, being a Bell owner, especially, you know, dropping your, you know, major important hookup or, or handcuff, you know, for for Tavon Austin, who probably won't be starting, you know, all the time. I mean, that's very tough. Is is there anybody else on that squad that he could uh, dump besides the D'Angelo Williams? Not the only other one I could drop, but I don't want to. So I have Brady passing by, but I got Eli Manning. But here's my dilemma also, is I need to pick up a defense this week because I can't trust St. Louis against Green Bay. And, and normally I play the Panthers, but they're on a bye. I was looking to pick up Atlanta's defense and plug and play this week and then cut them next week. So if that's the case, I'd have to cut one of my receivers if I were to pick up Trayvon Austin for D'Angelo Williams. Uh, yeah. Well, this is such a touch call, tough call. I'm I'm dealing with it on on my squad in our league of consequence. I'm not a Le'Veon Bell owner, but but D'Angelo Williams got me got me out of the gate strong, and I hate right. to let him go. I've tried to move him, I can't do it. In this case, I don't know how much you're gaining by sliding Austin in over an Aiken or a Benjamin. So so to sort of answer the first question, I don't yeah. know what to expect from from Aiken. However. I think he is now the number one weapon in Baltimore for whatever. I think Justin Forsett has a big game. I think you're going to see a ton of the running game, but Flacco is going to throw the ball 30 times. We know that outside of whatever person you've never heard of, who's going to be playing tight end today, Aiken's going to be that number one option. So I think that's going to be my start there. Benjamin's intriguing. You just never know what you're going to get out of this Cleveland team. So I might go Cooper Aiken there. And so then do we do- drop D'Angelo for a defense? I got to tell you, Jersey, I, you're, I'm terrified of Green Bay as well. I think yeah, with that yeah. front seven, they could hold Green Bay at least within reason. I think you're going to give up. You're, you're going to give up a few points there, but not well, enough, especially as a Le'Veon Bell owner. I might just, I might just grip my teeth. I think Aiken will be an equal or better play than Tavon Austin. I might just grip my teeth and eat those points for a couple of weeks going up against going up against that Green Bay offense and j- just sit tight there with D'Angelo just on the off chance. The way the Steelers season going, the way people are getting banged. That could be the difference between a championship down the road if, if Bell goes down and you're still holding on to D'Angelo Williams. Uh, where are you at on that, Rick? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with you. I mean, it's, um, you know, to drop somebody like D'Angelo Williams for a defense, basically for one week, I mean, I think that's really risky. And, I mean, and and I'm going with you on on Aiken, too. I mean, we've seen some of these Cleveland-Baltimore games go down to the wire at 13-10, and then you'll see one that's that's 41-38, too. And sometimes you just don't know. But I'm kind of leaning towards Rick. Look, okay. Cleveland, Cleveland has so many. Cleveland has so many injuries on defense. I think that um, Flacco is certainly going to have some opportunities to throw, and, and I think that's what where I'd go is uh, exactly what he said. Okay, yeah, because I hear Hayden's coming back this week. Although, you know, Mari Cooper, it's just it's weird. I can check myself. I mean, my only losses, I think, in week two, I sat. Cooper, but it wouldn't have mattered because the guy went off. He scored like 185 points no matter who I played. This was one of them games I wasn't going to win no matter what. So that's why I wanted, like I said, to tweak, tweak myself a little bit and see what you guys were thinking. But I guess, you know, with, with, with Aiken in there, 
and, and maybe we'll have Hayden on, but Hayden's been banged up. And like you said, um, Benjamin is Benjamin. You never know. He could get two or three carries and score stuff. You never know. But like you said, with, with Steve Smith not there, um, that, that's the thing. And like I said, with the defense, the reason why I asked that question is, in our league, if they score over like 28 points, um, you get like zero points. Unless you get like, you know, uh, sacks and stuff like that, you might get a point for each one. So in this league, they could run up 600 yards. It doesn't matter. It's how many points you give this year in Yahoo, and then and then your sacks, interceptions, and stuff like that. So that's why they look like, you know, Atlanta might give you 10 points versus I might give one point or two points from St. Louis' defense. I mean, so that's why I was fun. You know what I mean? Now, now let me not ask you this, Jersey. You said you usually play Carolina. So do you have Carolina on your roster right now as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have Carolina, and I have – Oh, I okay, have well – yeah, go ahead and drop St. Drop St. Louis and and pick up pick up Atlanta. Yeah, leave D'Angelo Williams alone. But yeah, definitely, I'd drop St. Okay. Louis, pick up, pick up Atlanta, and you, you can. And then you're going to go Carolina the rest of the way out. It's nice getting this bye week yeah, out of the way. Unless I, I play mix and match sometimes, because I do like St. Louis's defense. Where like like next week or the week after one of them, they have is a bye week, but they have a real nice matchup. So then you can, I I I pick and play between those two. Whoever has the best matchup most of the time, um, and it's worked well for me. Like I said, that, that one week that I lost, no matter who I would have played, that guy just went off. And like I said, I have two weekly highs too, but he, he just went off on me. So, uh, and then my last question is: Would you down the road, since I have Ravy and Bell, I have Foster, I have Lewis, um, trade like a guy like Jeremy Hill for like a Jeremy Macklin, or for or for Sammy Watkins down the road, or for like? Um, you know, somebody like that that I can eventually, because I told I could get Watkins, not Watkins, but uh, Kendall Wright was an option too. But some guy took him on Saturday, I put him from, but that guy's only got one win. I didn't get him. Somebody dropped me, picked up him. Oh, man, I just fine. So what would you do with Jeremy Hill? He can use my, out of my four start running backs, you know, between Lewis, Foster, and Bell, he's my weaker one the two. Um, any value that I would use or what I could target for a receiver wise for him down the road in the PPR in this way? Oh, I, I, I think no question about it. That you're, you're in a real position of strength there. If you're that strong at running back, there are teams desperate. I agree, Jeremy Hill's probably the odd man out. We've seen two fantastic weeks. But but my my concerns with Jeremy Hill is it seems to be all touchdown dependent with him. And Gio Bernard is looking like in his rookie year. So if you've got somebody desperate, for a running back out there, no question about it. Jeremy Hill's going to be the odd man out. You're also in a position of strength. If we can manage to, to hold on to D'Angelo Williams going forward, if anything would happen right. to Bell, you still have a top top eight running back in, in Williams if Bell goes out. So, yeah, I, I'd shop Hill around. Macklin, Macklin would be a good play. I think you could probably do better than Sammy Watkins. We'll see if he can get healthy and how he fits in with Tyrod Taylor. But but absolutely, I'd I'd shop that around all day. And I, and I, and I even put the guy in for Kendall Wright too. Kendall Wright and Macklin. I emailed those guys this week saying, "Hey, can I look to maybe move Hill for for, for them?" You know, two different guys. They never got back to me. So like I said, I just wanted to get you the thing where I may have to work the trade this coming week. What your what your idea was? Most of my running backs are all on different bodies, so. I always have, you know, Bell, you know, and Deion Lewis or Foster and Lewis, you know what I mean? Or I always have, or he'll want somebody if I can't get a trade. So 
my receivers are my weakest. But guys, sorry about you. Sorry for taking up your time. I really appreciate your advice. Um, hopefully, I'm looking to go four and one. I'm up twenty to I think three on this guy. Great Foster for me. So uh, I appreciate your help. He's got the England defense. I guess I guess I guess I'll stick with Sam Lewis and keep 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 uh, D'Angelo Williams. So again, appreciate your help. Best of luck to you guys. Uh, we'll chat again uh, next Sunday. Hey, you guys on the week at all? Just on Sunday now? Are you having? Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, we're doing uh, Wednesday nights, eight o'clock. We were we were pre-recorded this week, but generally Wednesdays at eight. Wednesday at eight. I'll make sure I mark that down, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. Best of luck to you this week. And again, thanks for taking my answers, or excuse me, my answers. Thanks for taking my questions, and uh, good luck to you guys. Appreciate it. Take care, right. guys. Have a safe one. Good luck. Good to hear. All from right, you. thanks, Jersey. All right, Rick. We got uh, another. All right, Rick. Room. We had one. We had one. I already answered in the chat room. It was. Uh, uh, the PPR flex player, Blunt or Crowell, and um, he said, I would rather hear from Briggs as I re- recently saw Flieger be struck in the head by a pizza flying pizza, and I don't think he passed a concussion <laughs> test yet. So uh, I already answered that, so you can just yeah, take a pass on it. All right, yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll pass based on con- pizza concussion protocol. Uh <laughs> Attended a wedding last night that he is, but there's a buddy of mine, uh, Alan, and this is uh, even at our advanced age, we we still act like 20 year olds when we all get together. And so, yeah, uh, advice may be better today, Rick. I, I'm suffering from from pepperoni related uh, injury today. Yeah, I I heard that it was. You know, I mean, I got a call last night that uh, you know that you were in trouble, and uh, that's why I was so on the ball today. You know, because I just didn't really know. You know exactly what happened. I, you know, sometimes those stuffed crusts can really knock you for a loop. Yeah, thank God it wasn't a stuffed crust. I may be dead right now. All right, are you caught up in that chat room? We got a call on. Yeah, the they're 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 spending too much time just making fun of me. So let's move on. <laughs> well, they missed you, buddy. All right, well let's hop over to the phone line. Good to hear from Jersey. Uh, you can, everybody else could call in six four six four seven eight four six seven nine. Area code eight six zero. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, uh, Dean. Hey. Well, guys, I changed the name of my team to uh, Dumpster Fire. <laughs> Jeez. You know, I haven't talked to you in like two weeks, Dean, and I've already sensed that you've missed me. Oh, definitely, man. You know what, dude? I've had the most points scored against me in this league. I have like 200 more points scored against me than the other, these other guys. And if I had, if I was playing their schedule, I'd be three and one in first place. I'm just running into buzzsaw after buzzsaw. You know the the Joseph Randall three touchdown game, the Demont, the Freeman three touchdown game. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's the schedule, man. You know, and that is um, there's there a lot of people that I've talked to have actually gone through the format. They don't like scoring a lot of points and maybe having a 7-6 and six record or something like that because of stuff like that. They're, they're getting into a lot of these leagues where it is total points, you know, for the year. I still tend to believe, you know, I still tend to, you know, I'll take the sour grapes because I've been there as Rick can attest Many times, just running into buzzsaws and having a, a rotten record. But I under, I feel your pain. But, you know, you were almost out of the playoffs a couple of years ago. You won the title. We'll get you back on track. Okay, that being said, man, this is this has got to be a must win, man. It's got to be. 
Now, I got a bunch of running backs, and I can only start two of them, okay, you guys? This is a PPR thing. All right. Thankfully, Lamar Miller's on a bye. Uh, okay, I picked up Carlos Williams, but he's concussed, so I, I went and got Booby Dixon. Now, here, here's the choices I have. I can start Latavius Murray. I know you guys like him, but, man, Denver scares me, and I'm worried about Roy Hallou coming in there and being the passing downs back, and they're chasing points. But anyways, I got it's either Latavius Murray, Isaiah Crowell, Ronnie Hillman, C.J. Anderson, or Booby Dixon. I'm thinking Ronnie Hillman and Booby Dixon, but what do you, what do you guys think? <sighs> I don't even I, like Ronnie. I don't know. I, I, Latavius scares me today with that Denver defense, man. They shut Peterson down. If it wasn't for that long run, Peterson wouldn't have done squat. Yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. And a lot of guys like to try to play matchups. I mean, I've, I've got Latavius Murray in a bunch of leagues, and I've never even thought about taking him out of, out of the lineup. I mean, that, that's just – me, I mean, I, I spent the draft pick on him. I'm going to play. I mean, you know, you got a guy like Crowell. I mean, and you make a move something like that, and he scores a touchdown or two, and you look like a genius. But then if Duke Johnson gets all the work, you look like a fool. And you know, I mean, you. I go back to what I said on on the very first question that we talked with Rick. I like to go by opportunity. I mean, this guy is going to get the ball. And, you know, you don't know if Crowell is. I mean, he's going to get some touches, obviously, but Duke Johnson's going to get it. Uh, Hillman, same way. I mean, you know, Anderson's still in there. I mean, and you just don't know sometimes what you're going to get with Denver. I don't mind the Hillman play, don't get me wrong. And you have to start two of them. But to me, i I got to have Murray in there. And, you know, I tell you what, Boy, I tell you what, you know, Dixon doesn't sound like too bad of a second choice to me. Wow, Rick. We're actually going to agree. So, sorry, Dean. I, I think your season's officially over. When, no. I'm, in, when I'm in a must-win situation here, uh, your first your first instinct is to play the, the, the real high end, uh, the shoot for the stars, like, like Scott likes to say. Here's my thing. When, when you say, and, and I'm glad you, you, you came on and lamented at the top, that, that you're scoring points, you're just getting rung up by, by opponents having big weeks. That tells me you, you're solid enough, you're strong enough. I agree. I'm terrified of the, that Denver defense and what they could do to uh, a, still a young, a young Derek Carr. Here's the thing. I want the volume plays. I don't know what's going to happen with Cruel. He stinks and he plays for Cleveland, so I'm throwing him out right away. You know, yep. the, the reason we're in this situation is the C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman debacle we have going on. Let me tell you this. I made it. Here's a here's something that has nothing to do with the numbers, but something that is sure and right as rain. I actually moved this week. It, in order to get Odell Beckham, I had to take C.J. Anderson back in a trade. So C.J. Anderson is now on my roster in the League of Consequence. He will most certainly do absolutely nothing and probably end up in the negative this week because this is what happens when I trade for a player and put them in my lineup. Additionally, because I have C.J. Anderson, I am working on a deal for Ronnie Hillman I hope to have done before the, the roster timeout. So Ronnie Hillman's going to do nothing today, assuming he ends up on my lineup. 
I love Dixon. So what I want, to, it's a long way of saying, I want the two volume plays when I'm playing well, but I got to get a win where I, I'm not winning, but, but my team is performing fairly well. Uh, Dixon, I think, is the obvious one here. And I just don't see anybody between Crowell, Hillman, and Anderson that I trust enough. Murray's going to get the carry. I do worry about Halu if they get behind. I don't know if they get behind. Denver isn't going out and just trucking people in the first half like they've done in the past. And then, to use your phrase, you're going to have Oakland chasing points. I think this is going to be a close game. I think Denver has enough struggles on offense to keep a team like Oakland in it. If they stick with the run, if they use Murray in the passing game, you worry about Halu coming in and sniping some goal line work. But in, in the case, the way your team constructed, the way your season's going, I want the volume. I want to know the players are going to have the ball in their hand. If they fail, they fail. But we're going to have, I'm going to go, I'm going to err on the side of opportunity here. So I like Dixon and Murray as well. Okay, man. Then I'm going to go make that change right now. Sounds good. I was. I thought maybe Latavius Murray had some kind of shoulder issue too, or something, didn't he? Uh... Well, he did. Have, he did have a bit of a shoulder injury, but you know he's been listed as probable for uh, quite some time. And I mean, they don't seem real concerned about it. Anything that I've heard, and you know, I I, I don't think that um, you know Halu is going to be taking a lot of work away from him unless you know. Like you said, if they got way behind, you know, and then maybe starting to get garbage pass time and stuff like that. But I just don't – I'm kind of like with Rick. I mean, they're in Oakland, you know, and Denver just not seems to be trucking people. This could be this this could be one of those games that surprises a few people. Okay, man, I just hope he breaks one. And I hope, yep. uh, Bo- hope Booby Dixon falls into the end zone a couple times. <laughs> That's what we need. Hey, I, I, for ahead, our Rick. sake, we do too. Trust me, Dean. You know, cause we we got to get you back on track. We need a three feet here. Yeah, you know, I'm in last place, but you know, these guys ahead of me. I'm only two games away from these guys ahead of me, man. Like I say, dude, in this league, these guys are putting up 85, 90 points. You know, and I, I would I would smash guys like that, but I I've been running into these guys. Last week, a guy put up 200 on me. <laughs> been there. Hey. So it's just, it's just it's just scheduling timing. I was telling the guy I work with, I said, hey, you know, you're smiling like the butcher's dog, but uh, just remember, if I had your schedule and you had mine, the, this, the tables would be turned. You're just playing, you're just playing chumps, and I'm, you know, that's all. Exactly. All well, right, guys. Best of luck, I don't Dean. Want to we hope you time. got. What's that, Rick? I said, if you have best of luck, we hope uh, you know we we steered you in the right direction. I hope we can get a few touchdowns in for you. Yeah, well, this guy's got Matt Stafford today, so I'm hoping he'll be the human pinata and really have a crappy get weak. I, that, oh, I think Arizona will tear him up. I got Matt Ryan, so I'm hoping Freeman cools down a little bit and Ryan starts throwing touchdowns. Yeah, I think he has to. I think this is just uh, just the, the train wreck that was the first half of that game. I love what I'm seeing out of Freeman, and I think – surprising to me, but from everything I've seen, I think he finishes as a number one running back, a you know, top ten type of guy. But, no, but you can't maintain this pace, and I think they get back to – I wonder if Julio Jones has been more banged up than they than we thought he is, and they say he's uh, good to go. He actually tight, tweaked that hammy late in the week. Looks like he's good to go. Roddy White being out of the offense. I just wonder if they've gone to this out of necessity, and it, it, once Jones and everybody gets back 100% healthy, if, if they revert back to, to this air show we saw in the first two weeks. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be, be a big Roddy day because he was dropping F-bombs on Twitter, and I heard he had a meeting with the coach about his role in the offense. So, you know, the squeaky wheel might get it this week. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Dean, well, it was great to hear from you, man. Good luck, and uh, we're, we're, we're hoping against hope for Latavius Murray with you because I think it's the third Murray recommendation we've made already this morning. <laughs> All right, man, I'm going to go slap him in there. Thank you. All right, hey, thanks. take care, buddy. Bye. All right, Rick. We are caught All up on right, the Rick. Got going in that chat room. We got nothing going on in the chat room other than Scott, you know, begging to try to save the show and I told him to go make a smoothie and just relax. But uh <laughs> Wow. You know maybe, maybe we can go through the schedule and do some predictions here because I'm gonna have to be running here real directly. All right. Before we do that, real quick, before we do that, uh, Dean brought up your boy, Roddy White, and I know you have a man crush on him. I I understand that. Uh, Everything Dean said we read, and now I read this morning that three teams have inquired about uh, Roddy White's availability. Just sort of wanted your thoughts on that and how that makes you feel. Well, you know, I tell you what, there's probably a lot of teams out there that could benefit from a guy like Roddy White who is being targeted, what, a total of 11 times in four games, I believe it is, so far. And, um, you know, there's there's some offenses out there, certainly not as dynamic as Atlanta, but I think he could certainly upgrade some out there. Yeah, you know, I never like seeing that that skill guy move in the middle of the season. But I think what it tells you is, you know, to, to bring it back to fantasy football, if a move would happen, we, we'll certainly have that discussion. The rest of the league is taking notice, white, white stomping his feet. So I wonder, going into this week and going forward, is this something that gets the attention of the Atlanta coaching staff and they work him back in more? Or is this this symptomatic of a, an issue there and it, it may not happen for Roddy White? And, and somebody like you who loves the guy and is trying to work him into a flex every week, and I swear we get 15 Roddy White questions a week, is it time to completely move on? I, it, it may well be, and I think this week will tell the story. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have um... – basically cut ties with him on my fantasy squads. And, you know, I invested in him. I mean, I was getting him on the cheap thinking, you know, he's a great value. But, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's not, you know, they don't have anything invested in White. He's part of the old guard, the old Mike Smith and all this kind of stuff. And, look, they're undefeated, not using him. There's really no obligation to use this guy as long as they're playing. You know, if they were one and three or something like that and he's stomping his feet, yeah, maybe they it falls on even the owner's ears and so forth. But, you know, they're undefeated. They're they're trucking people, as, as you like to say. I mean, you're, you're obliterating people. They don't need them right now. And just because he's a little unhappy, what does that mean? I, I, you know what I'm saying? It's, I, I just don't see where that should be a big issue with them. And, I mean, I've got Calvin Johnson, Jordan Matthews, and I have replaced Roddy White with Willie Sneed from New Orleans. So, I mean, I am not looking for any huge bounce back week this week. No, I, I think I, you, you nailed it. Uh, Dan Quinn's job to win football games. He's doing that. You know, maybe if this is a Julio Jones or a Matt Ryan who was upset, 
you take notice of it. And Roddy White, thanks for for all the years and thanks for the memories. But it's Julio Jones time there in Atlanta, and I don't think Roddy White uh, it has the has the has the sway as he did in the past. All right. So what what do you want to do before you get out? You want to pick some games, right? Before we get out of here. Yeah, I think we ought to do that. And uh, oh, let, let, and you know, I just have to. Um, oh, we have to start. Uh, Scott wants this one discussed apparently because he keeps typing it, even though I answered it for him. Apparently, he doesn't value my opinion. He wants yours. Start wow, this two. is awkward. I love it. What happened to you two? Do I need to conduct some type of mediation? Start two PPR. <laughs> All right. CJ Anderson. Okay, CJ Anderson. Kenny Britt. Britt. Okay. Melvin. Wait a minute now. Okay, Melvin Gordon for Duke Johnson. And I need two. Right? You need two. Oh, you need man. two. And I answered it. To me, it was Gordon and Johnson. I don't trust Kenny Britt, and C.J. Anderson has a lot of upside, but uh, there's some downside, too. I mean, you know, to me, it's Gordon one and Johnson two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Britt. Britt's a, a non, non-discussion. non me i uh, we, we get a lot of kenny brick questions it feels like and well he, uh, he's gold and he's feast or famine i mean you know he, he comes through big time and then disappears i mean he's uh you know he's he's uh, a watered down version of uh you know keenan allen quite frankly well and i think his ceiling is you know when you, you compare him to keenan allen i'm not sure about that because I think his ceiling is maybe five catches, and it, it becomes a matter then a yardage, and, and most importantly, if he gets in the end zone, you're not going to ever see him so involved where we're looking at eight to uh, 11 catches and no threat for double-digit catches. So, yeah, throw Britt out. C.J. Anderson, you know, now I'm rooting for him after rooting against him <laughs> up to this point of the season. Got him plugged into a lineup. It, I, I'm going to stick with – he should and could turn it around. I'm going to be willing to miss the boat in that first week that he does. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to risk losing games in the meantime until such time as they either gets healthy or whatever the hell's going on there. I, I can't do it. Melvin Gordon scares me, but you love the matchup against the Steelers. Danny Woodhead's going to take a ton of work away from him, but he's going to get some carries. He's going to have some opportunity and. Everyone talks about Danny Woodhead being, and I don't have a snap chart or anything in front of me. This is off the top of my head. I didn't do a lot of Melvin Gordon research this morning. We talk about Danny Woodhead getting the goal line work. That's not necessarily true. If you watch some of these games, Gordon is getting carries at the goal line. He's not finishing them. It's just ultimately Danny Woodhead's the one finishing them on third down after Gordon got stopped at the goal line on first and second. So Gordon can be intriguing. He's a candidate to break out at any time. And against the Steelers' defense and a terrible tackling front seven, that could be it. So I'm going to go with Gordon. And sort of by default, it comes down to C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson. I'm going to take Duke here based on what he did last week, based on the way this type of back has torn up Baltimore. All of this, there's every chance Cleveland gets away from it. But if they stick with it, Duke Johnson could set up for a big week. So I'm going to agree with you there and go, go with Melvin Gordon and Duke Johnson. All right. There we go. I, I am uh, – we were all caught up. I am now out of the chat room, so when I get off, you can get in there. All and, right. Uh, you know, so let's go real quick uh, down through here. Cleveland at Baltimore. Cleveland at Baltimore. This game 
Baltimore wins these games. It, it's not always pre- pretty. It's not generally a blowout, but but Baltimore always wins this game. I think they they stole that one against Pittsburgh last week. I think this gets them rolling again. You worry about their lack of weapons, but it's the Cleveland Browns. If the Browns would ever beat them, this would set up for it. But I think uh, Baltimore smells an opportunity to try and get back in this division race. I like the Ravens pretty big, actually, 34-16. All right. I'm not much on Baltimore, but I agree with you. I think they find a way to hang around in the division, and uh, I like them at home. So I'm going 27-23, Baltimore. Okay, St. Louis at Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, look, we know Green Bay isn't going to go undefeated, but they're not going to lose at home to a Rams team with that lack of offense. I think this one may be a little bit closer. What we saw what we saw last week is – and it's scary, really. Green Bay, there's a couple ways they can win when the timing of that offense is off just a little bit. They can. They got enough to get it done defensively, and, and I think Green Bay, you know, twenty-eight nine, something like that. I'm not sure. I just have no trust. I'll be curious to see if Gurley can back that up. And, and this is going to be. I'm taking a one more weak weight approach with Todd Gurley. Uh, them establishing the ground game could make this game closer, but I just don't see any signs of Aaron Rodgers losing at home. I got twenty-eight nine Green Bay. Okay, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think Green Bay is going to lose at home. I have them 31-17. Uh, Buffalo at Tennessee. Boy, this is a tough game. Marcus Mariota been lights out, been absolute lights out. I don't know if the bye week helps or hurts when it comes there. Buffalo coming off a terrible loss. I think we're going to find out who the Bills really are here. In this case, I'm going to default to the really – tremendously fantastic Rex Ryan defense going up against a rookie quarterback, even with a team that, that has a rookie quarterback of their own. I think the Bills win this one 23-17. All right. I like Buffalo myself, I, I, and I think bigger. I'm going 34-17. Uh, I just think they're that much of a better team. I think the defense is going to raise all kinds of teams. Okay, New Orleans at Philadelphia. Oh, man, good luck with this one. If you're a gambler, just just stay away from it. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I think they are one loss away from complete implosion. For that reason, I think they're just too talented. Uh, the Saints are just uninspiring. I Somehow, some way, I've got the Eagles here 27-24, but I wouldn't bet a nickel on it. Yeah, I in the same way. Unfortunately, I'm going New Orleans. I'm I'm going New Orleans 28-24. Uh, I just, Philadelphia is just a mess. They seem to have holes everywhere, and you know, the offensive line's not providing good protection. It's not providing good running lanes. And New Orleans, somewhere along the line, can move the football. And I, I'm going to take New Orleans. Okay, Washington at Atlanta. Yeah. I still don't know if I buy, Rick, that Atlanta is good enough to be 5-0. and This is why I picked against them last week. <laughs> Whoops, I might have missed on that yeah. one. I that was a good one. Good enough to go 4-0. and I'm still not convinced this is a 5-0 and team. This is a lockdown, you just run away with a team. That being said, Washington isn't going to be the team to, to come in and and score with them, which is what a team's going to have to do to beat them. So I have the Falcons here, 33-19. Yeah, I like Atlanta, too. We're agreeing on everything here. But I like Atlanta, you know, 35, Washington, 20. 
Okay, here's one that we could differ at. I'm not sure. Seattle at Cincinnati. Yeah, here we go again. Are the Bengals good enough? Is Seattle without Marshawn Lynch come across the country and beat a a good Cincinnati team? I never liked that travel. However, it doesn't it just feel like Baltimore is going to stay in this race? That Cincinnati's not going to just completely run away with it. Maybe, maybe if the Steelers can get a win here, they can keep pace, and this is going to come down. I don't see anybody running away for the, with this division. So nothing to do with X's and O's. Just, just in theory, knowing the way these things tend to work out in this that division, I think somehow by hook or by crook, I can Seattle twenty four three. You know, there's there's something about Seattle and. They they're certainly not Seattle of last year. And look, they're without Marshawn Lynch. The offense does, just doesn't seem to click. And I'm not blaming it on them, but I, I'm not sure that they've worked a way to be as smooth with a Jimmy Graham, and you know, learning how to utilize him and still do what they do. I think Cincinnati is good enough to win this game at home. I'm going Cincinnati. 34, Seattle, 28. Chicago with Jay Cutler back at Kansas City. Yeah, this is so tough. Who Who is that Jay Cutler we saw last week? And, and when he gets rolling and, and utilizing Martellus Bennett the way Martellus Bennett can be used, that Bears team can move the ball a little bit. That said, I think the Chiefs, I love the way Jeremy Macklin has it rolling a little bit. You got the weapons in Jamal Charles against a bad defense with that amount of weapons and, and Jay Cutler on the other side. I think it's always a, just a safe bet if you're trying to pad your stats to pick against the Bears. I'll go Kansas City 23-13. Yeah, at Arrowhead, I think it's a better team. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to buy in a little bit to to Alex Smith uh, being a little bit more than just a game manager where he can actually start utilizing some of these weapons maybe. Uh, hope, hope You know, win this Andy Reid offense that he can start hitting some of these guys. And I think they're just a better team than Chicago's. I'm going Kansas City 29, Chicago 23, Jacksonville at Tampa. This is a real knockdown drag out. <laughs> Super Bowl, uh, NFC, yeah, Super Bowl preview here, I, I have to imagine. Yeah, like – Seems like Jacksonville can move the ball between the 20s, just unable to finish it off. I think that's what we see again here. I'm going to take Blake Bortles in his second year over Jameis Winston in his four-interception potential in his rookie year. Julius Thomas back today. I'll be curious to see how he fits in. I've got to think a guy like Bortles wants to work him into the offense. You know, it's, it's Hearns, Robinson. The, the receivers are making plays. They're seeing a lot of targets. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I like Jacksonville 16-13. I like Jacksonville, too, and I'm going Jacksonville 22, Tampa Bay 18. Arizona at Detroit. (laughs) Wow. If Arizona had won last week, I'd be going on the same thing about this undefeated discussion, but a a bad loss last week. The Lions, they'll get a win eventually. They've got too much talent on offense, but I'm going to have to see. I don't know how how Matt Stafford makes plays against that defense and doesn't turn the ball over three times-ish. So, uh, give me the Cardinals, 36-23. Yeah, I like Arizona, too. Detroit actually should have beat Seattle last week. Um, In Arizona, bad loss against, you know, it's a division rival, of course, St. Louis, but I think they bounced back. I like Arizona, 38-Detroit, 20. New England at 
Dallas. Yeah, New England 174, Dallas 5. Yeah, I'm going New England. I'm going New England about 41, Dallas 20. Uh, I don't like Dallas uh, with Brandon Whedon at the helm and New England's rolling. Denver at Oakland. Here, here's my upset play of the week for, for all the reasons, you know, you worry about Oakland's fantasy players. I think they keep it close. I think there's something with this Oakland team. Carr can make plays. He's, he's going to struggle, but, but somehow, some way, this game, I just have a feeling at home, this isn't Denver's division to run away with. I think the other teams have caught up to them or they've come back to the pack a little bit. I think in, in what could be a, a one-point game of some type, I'm, I don't even know what to give you as a score here, but I think Oakland finds a way to, to win this game. All right. I, I'm like you. I think Oakland keeps it close, but there's something about that Denver defense. I think they find a way, you know, to uh, – keep Peyton Manning from having all these, you know, retiring questions. And I'll take Denver 32, Oakland 28, San Francisco at the New York Giants. Yeah, what a terrible Sunday night game in NBC's unending quest to get to get the Giants in these big market NFC East teams on the air. They had to know going in this was going to be bad. The Giants 27-10 just Colin Kaepernick's a disaster. The 49ers are a disaster. And uh, yeah, I'm not a big believer in the Giants, but way too many weapons there. Well, I think the Giants are the best team in the East. That being said, it's not a very good division. But, uh, yeah, I think they assert themselves. And San Francisco is a mess. I, I like New York 30-13. to 13. And then Pittsburgh at San Diego. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, I had, you know, when I predicted these, when I put this together for the Fantasy Sports Network show, I had the Steelers sneaking sneaking a win out of here with, with Martavis Bryant coming back and the, the rapport he has with Michael Vick. Now he, he nicks up that knee, already been declared out for this week. So I'm going to flip the score and just, I like Michael Vick with the extra rest. This is probably the game they can win with Roethlisberger out. If this was at home, I'd take the Steelers. But without Bryant, without that extra weapon, I'm going to go San Diego 24-20. All right. I, I'm going to differ with you here. I think Pittsburgh is at San Diego. I, th- I think they make the upset. I, I think Vic kind of redeemed himself a little bit. I'm going Pittsburgh 27, San Diego 24. All right, Rick, I got to go. Scott, you'll be in, I'm sure. You know, I'll hook up with you next week. And uh, thanks, everybody. And we'll be talking with you. All right. Mr. Wellington J. Briggs, the fourth Esquire. Uh, good to hear from you. Nice to know you're still alive. Uh, go dust off that top hat and uh, make a little money. <laughs> you betcha. We'll see you. All right. We'll see you. All right, so here we go. What are we, 1045? So, Scott, if you're still talking to us after that, just uh, unbelievable uh, beating you apparently took from Mr. Briggs in that chat room today. Feel free to call in. I'm going to get into some of the questions here. I'm also going to try to pull up the chat room. For whatever reason, it would not let let Rick and I in at the same time, so not real, real certain on what's going on in there. I'm going to pull up my questions here. I wasn't ready for him to jump out quite that early, so apologize for the uh, the lack of professionalism here as I try to put myself all together in the mailbag. If we get if we get Scott on, he can certainly help me out with these as well. 
we have, and, and here's how you start an email to the asylum if you want it to be read first, if you want it read right off the top. All right, I am a boo. So we, so we know what we're dealing with here. I have Cam Newton and Ryan Tannehill both on a bye. Cam thing hurts you. I think uh, I think your boy uh, Tannehill on a bye probably helps you. Who would be the better option, Kaepernick or Whedon? Wow, some slim, slim pickings on <laughs> on your waiver wire there, my friend. I'm gonna Kaepernick is a complete and utter disaster. He put up those huge numbers in garbage time against the Steelers with with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm when they jumped out to that big lead. I don't know if New York's the type of team that jumps out to a massive, massive lead. I, I just don't see it there. So Kaepernick not going to have those oppor- as much opportunity for garbage time. Whedon in garbage time. His play's been uninspired. He is completing the passes he makes. I'm curious to see what uh, the absence of Lance Dunbar is going to do, what that running game is going to be. This, this is a lesser of two evils thing for me. I think I'm going to go with Whedon. Just, he's taking care of the ball for the most part. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be an Alex Smith of 2012 to 2014 type of stat line. May lack, uh, may lack touchdowns, but you're not going to get killed by turnovers. You worry about Kaepernick throwing three picks. You worry about him fumbling. You see that 125 yards. I think especially in garbage time, if that's your only two choices, I think Brandon Whedon's the guy. So it looks like uh, Mr. Fish, after that vicious assault you apparently took today, haven't completely given up on us. How you doing this morning, Scott? Hey, I'm doing well, and we need we need Briggs and me on the same line one of these times so we can uh, we can go at it. Yeah, you just need to you just need to let him have. I think he's starting to feel a little a uh, little threatened by you, Scott. As, uh, as the show title said, if everybody checked it out, AsylumFantasySports.com, it more Scott equals a better show, and uh, I think Rick feels threatened about that. And in his advanced age, he he worries about things like that. Yeah, well, if I, I don't know, I don't know if the people listening saw it, but there was a picture floating around of Rick Briggs in studio uh, with with his monocle and top hat. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if I had Rick Briggs money, I wouldn't worry about anything anybody else said. Yeah, just go buy a radio station and start your own terrible show, and and we'll do our thing over here, but... uh, but he came back with a bit of a vengeance today. I think he's opening that thing pretty soon. So hopefully we can we can all get together in studio. Well, us two in studio and get you on the phone lines unless you ever make it to Western PA. So let's ha- let's he, hop. Go ahead, Scott. Has he, annou- has he announced what his business is yet? Is it a mustache grooming emporium or something? Well, we're working that way. I'm not sure if he ever has said. What, what he did is bought a, what's essentially a farm market. Uh, as everyone knows. While I yeah, I was impossible to get on the air last year, uh, Rick and I both worked for the same for the same company, uh, government contractor. We don't have our contract anymore, and we'll leave it at that <laughs> in case the lawyers are listening. But uh, <laughs> so we searched around. He actually got to work about a year beyond when I did, as he was a finance guy cleaning some things up. Got laid off. Uh, bought a, a farm market, so that's why he's the the international produce mogul. I think that they had a target data this week to get it up. I think they're shooting for next week now. So I think once they get it open, uh, we, we might hear a little bit more from Mr. Briggs. So if you need a Christmas tree and you're ever in Western PA, buy. I can't remember what he said it's called, but I can give you directions. Oh, I, I will be. You know what? I, I, it, I won't even have to be there. I will drive out just to get a Christmas tree from him. 
<laughs> I'm sure it's a quality Christmas tree because we know uh, we know how meticulous Mr. Briggs is. So, all right, Scott, let's let's get into some questions. I don't know. I haven't been following the chat room. I'm finally back in there. If anything is in uh, anything, there's really uh, only one. There's really only one in there: Bradford or Tyrod Taylor. Ugh. I I wish I could trust Bradford. What we saw out of him last week is <laughs> tremendous, and it's what the Eagles should be, even in a loss with those numbers. I don't know, I just can't trust them. You know, I think Taylor took a bit of a step back this week, but but the numbers were still there. I I don't know I don't know where you're at, Scott, but I, I'm I think a Tyrod Taylor's a play most any week, maybe say for against New England, who will torture him a little bit. Right, right. I have. I have that same question in a league or same option. I have Tyrod in right now, but I understand it because uh, the Titans have allowed the least amount of passing yards to uh, quarterbacks this year. So, I mean, they're one of the best defenses against quarterbacks right now. And the Saints are the fourth, fourth worst against, against quarterbacks. I mean, your, your brain says Tyrod's been better and Bradford is struggling, but the matchups are make you question it. I, I still have Todd Rod in, but I'll probably waver a little. Yeah, it's just a matter of distrust of, and not even so much Bradford, of Chip Kelly. Otherwise, based on the numbers, you're right. I think it, it's a no-brainer there. I just don't know. I got the uh, I get the bad guts <laughs> thinking about rolling anything having to do with Philadelphia out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. In- in the chat room here, before we get to the, the mailbag, a rare defense question. I feel I should be starting Arizona over Detroit, but my other matchup is New England. So this must be the New England Dow- New England defense going up against Dallas. So uh, Arizona taking on Detroit or New England against Dallas? Oof, wow. Yeah, Brandon Whedon is going against New England there. New England in FU mode. And uh, – Stafford going against Arizona. You know, I, I, I'm kind of with him. I kind of feel like Arizona is, is the better upside play. Um, and almost uh, – I, I, sorry, switch that. Arizona is the safer play, and New England is the more upside play. I, I think I'd probably stick with Arizona. But, it, yeah, I understand the, the dilemma. Yeah, it's it's a good question, and and when we were picking games, when I'm trying to to identify uh, a bit of a, a surprise there, Detroit's one I looked at. Now everything tells you for the last two and a half season that Arizona is going to come out, go in there, turn over Detroit three or four times, have a chance to score. We know what Belichick can do to a guy like Whedon. There is no offensive weapons left in Dallas. So I don't expect, unless there's garbage time work, Dallas to, to do much scoring. And I think they could they could torture a guy like Whedon. There's every possibility, I believe. And I don't know how or why that, that Detroit, this would be the week they get on track just because it's such an obvious matchup against them. But I'm going to stick with Arizona. I'm going to play it state safe here. But boy, I, I wouldn't blame you if you if you gave New England a, a run there. I, Arizona might be the only defense I'd play over them this week. Yeah, yep. And uh, uh, the the Lions are allowing quite a quite a. The Lions aren't allowing a lot of fantasy points to teams, but Arizona has four defensive uh, slash kick return touchdowns this year. That's and I don't. I think they're a team that's you know the last couple of years they've had a lot of them. So I, I'm not saying one's going to happen. I just uh, 
that if I'm going to start a fantasy defense, that's the kind of fantasy defense I go after. The one that could make my game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're out there looking for that touchdown, and I think that makes a difference. I think there's a better chance there. All right, let's hop into this mailbag. We did the first one. Any thoughts? I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I, I took Whedon over Kaepernick for this, and his words, not mine, this boob who carried both Cam Newton and Ryan Tannehill on his <laughs> squad until now. <laughs> Whedon versus Kaepernick is the question? That's what he's down to as he uh, had drafted two quarterbacks on by, and he's down to Kaepernick or Whedon. I, I went wow. Whedon. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about because he's not Kaepernick. That's the argument for that. That's exact. And not only that, I mean, New England versus Dallas has the highest uh, uh, over-under of the week at 50, I believe it's sitting at right now. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points, and I think New England's going to get up, and Dallas is going to have to throw to catch up. So uh, I know San Francisco might have to catch up as well, but give, give me the highest scoring game. Yeah, and the funny thing is, for, for periods of the game, Brandon Whedon actually looks like an NFL quarterback, at least in terms of completion percentage. You're not seeing ridiculously bad throws. You're not seeing tons of turnovers. He, he reminds me of Alex Smith from, like, 12 to 14, where it's going to be about 280 yards, a good completion percentage, but there's going to be no no touchdown score. That's just to get out of Whedon. And, again, he's not calling Kaepernick. And that, that's, I think, the most important fact we need to pull up. Uh, that is Scott, a big advantage. <laughs> absolutely. Not being Colin Kaepernick. Uh, TJ Yeldon or Andre Ellington? Oh, give me Yeldon. Especially after last week. It looks like uh, it looks like they're going to really run with him and, and really give me just about anyone playing against the Buccaneers right now. Right. Absolutely. I, that, I, I think I talked about it on one of the shows th- this week where it was nice to see Yeldon get over that 20 carry threshold and, and try to in on that, and I think it's a recipe for success. The reason I threw this question in, I, I wanted to have the conversation with Ellington coming back with what we've seen out of David Johnson and the way Chris Johnson has been running the ball, which I am still stunned by. I've seen three weeks of it now, and I am still completely stunned by what he has done there. How does Ellington fit in? Does it squeeze David Johnson out? Does it reduce Chris Johnson's work? I don't know what to make of all this. Anybody who's touched the ball in that backfield has been successful. And, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on how Ellington fits into all this and what it, what for the other two. Uh, I think that what, what, has, what Bruce Arians now has is the option to ease Ellington in and also the fact that Ellington gets hurt, you know, by anything uh, to – Keep Ellington healthy. He's going to be. He can. He can afford to limit his touches with Chris John. Chris Johnson, top ten running back. Who saw that coming during draft? Um, I. I honestly think Ellington's going to be uh, more of a. It'll be more of like a Chris Johnson does two or three series. Ellington does one, and David Johnson is is kind of pushed out, except for a few plays here and there to spell. Yeah, I actually moved David Johnson this week, the the rare sell high you, you can get away with. And I think the, the fear is Ellington will go down again very shortly. Just don't know how he works. And Chris Johnson, just an absolute stunner. So we got a trade question here, Scott. In a PPR league, this gentleman was offered Odell Beckham and Frank Gore for his Eddie Lacy and Mike Evans. Should I even consider it? Wow. Well, my first question is if it's a dynasty or not, because in a dynasty league, I'd probably take Lacey Evans. Uh, 
although it's really close. In a redraft league, I might – it depends on team – oh, wow. I might go, I might go ODB Gore because I don't think they're going to hold, keep holding Odell, Be- Odell Beckham down as much as they have, and I'm really worried about uh, Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston is just making a lot of mistakes. Evans looked awesome two weeks ago, and then he was just, like, held out, uh, you know, held down last week. So I wonder if Evans is going to be a little more hit and miss. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time talking about that on the Fantasy Network show on, on, I guess, yesterday it aired. I record it Wednesday, so I get confused when I talk about it. But I think we're going to see continue to see what we have seen these last couple of weeks. Mike Evans came back at first week, only got two targets. I'm going to throw that out. Then he had the, I believe it was a seven or nine performance. And now last week we see Vincent Jackson with the 10 catch performance. I think when you have a rookie quarterback like Winston, and I think he has history, I think you're more up on on draft prep and college football than I am, Scott. But he's sort of had the history of locking in a target a little bit. And I think you're going to see that. And I don't like the week-to-week having to guess, is this Mike Evans' week or is it Vincent Jackson's week? That makes me nervous a lot there. What I wonder about with Frank Gore is, and I think he's going to, we're going to see a lot of trade questions. We're going to see a lot more Frank Gore questions as we sort of, I know I'd started to throw the dirt on him already. I wonder what Frank Gore looks like when Andrew Luck comes back. This little resurgence we've seen a little bit two weeks ago, a lot on Thursday, having to do with the quarterback and, and more, more conditioned to run, even with, even though Hasselback can make all the plays does he revert back to what we saw in the first couple of weeks with, with the return of Andrew Luck, or is this that dreaded pitch count we were talking about and they're starting to work, workload up a little bit? I'm not sure what to make of Frank Gore right now. Right, but I still think Gore gets the end zone carries. And you got to remember, Lacey has, what, seven or eight injuries in the last six years if you go back to Alabama. So that's concerning. His concussion history is concerning. Um, as far as Jameis Winston, I mean, he – he, he threw it around to Kelvin Benjamin and Rashad Green and stuff. He even made Nick O'Leary look decent uh, at Florida State. I think, uh, I think he spreads it around a little more. I think more, it's more of an NFL thing that he's making mistakes and he's getting scared, and that's why he's locking in. Because he didn't really do it in college that much, but uh, he definitely seems to be in the NFL thus far in what three ball games. So um, I'm going to still lean ODB Gore, but, yeah, it's a really, really close trade. Yeah, I, I think well, really what it comes down to me is the upside of, of Beckham over Evans with that one, and I'm going to agree with you. Yep, In the yep. chat room, standard non-PPR flex. Uh, these, these guys we can't get away from. I wish I could ban the, the CJ <laughs> filming questions because I don't know how to answer them still. Or my boy Ryan Matthews. This, this call right here. Yeah, this is this is a purely a hatred hatred for what's going on in Denver call. Give me Ryan Matthews. <laughs> I think there's going to be more scoring in that Philly New Orleans game. Uh, I think Denver Oakland Oakland's got some awesome linebackers right now. I think that the Denver Oakland game has one of the lowest over unders of the week. Um, you know, it sucks that Demarco is you know still the starter and still supposed to be the lead guy this week, but Matthews has just looked better. So screw the Denver backs. Give me. Uh, Give me Matthews. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I want to say, and I, I, I will say, either CJ or Hillman will likely outperform Ryan Matthews. I got no mm-hmm. clue what 
but it's going to be Scott. And I don't want to count on one of these guys making a big play in the passing game or what Hillman did last week, busting that long one. It well could happen because these things happen to Oakland and take on Denver. I don't know who it is. You can't trust it. I think you got to go with Ryan Matthews here. We know what his workload is going to be. To your point, he has looked better than DeMarco. DeMarco almost looks like that change of pace back where he's more more of a receiving option than, than, than a run option. And Ryan Matthews is going to get plenty of carries. And I think in a close game, if they get in the goal line, I think you're going to trust a Ryan Matthews over DeMarco, at least his ability to go forward as DeMarco insists on going backwards on every play. So yeah, I'm going to go with Ryan Matthews here with the caveat that one of those other two may have an opportunity for a better week, but us, no one is going to be able to identify which one it is. Looks like also in a non-PPR standard, Cobb, James Jones, John Brown, Mike Evans, Martavis Bryant, uh, we need three. So we can take Brian out. Okay. He is yep. out this week. So three between Cobb, Jones, Brown, and Evans. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Well, Detroit's defense is, is all right, man. Last year they were so good. So my initial instinct would be to take John Brown out. I, I'm not taking Cobb or James Jones out. I just can't do it. <laughs> I, the, J, James Jones has the potential to score any week. And Randall Cobb is Randall Cobb. I don't care if he's, you know, got a dinged up shoulder. He's played well with it still. Um, I know they're going against St. Louis, but Green Bay at home, I mean, when's the last time Aaron Rodgers lost at home and didn't throw a touchdown pass? Like 1993? Something like that. Give me the two Packers. I'm going to lean Mike Evans um, just because, wow, that's really tough. Who do you got for that third one? Do you do you got the same two Packers as me? Yeah, I'm definitely stick, sticking with Cobb. I think you're looking now. It's a non PPR. Even so, I think Cobb being the volume guy, you see big yardage out of his. And James Jones is the is the target in the end zone. He's going to get in the end zone. So it comes down to Brown or, or Evans for me. I like Evans matchup a little better. Hey, Browns isn't tough. I'm going to go with Mike Evans here just based on the fact that the way Larry Fitzgerald is performing, it hasn't killed John Brown, but we haven't seen what we expected from him and the assumption that, that Larry Fitzgerald was still going to be the decoy out there. So with, with Larry Fitzgerald being double-digit target guy and seeing the goal line looks, I, I'm going to have to sit John Brown, but that is really, really close for me. And it would have been even worse. Uh, thank God Mark Davis Bryan's out. It would have been even worse because I wanted to squeeze him into every lineup this week. Yeah, you know what? For me, if, if Mark Davis was playing, I would. I, I love having that Monday guy, Monday night guy to catch up, and I love those – if it's my third wide receiver, I love those boomer bust guys, so I probably would have picked Bryant as my third. But uh, I'm with you, but it's so, so close. I think Mike Evans just has a better shot at being like a 100-yard or a touchdown type of guy than John Brown does. Right, and his ability, not we, we've seen it once, but his ability to – to be in the 8 to 11 catch range, I think, makes him very, very attractive, even in a non-PPR. I think we, we value that a little too much. So a start three and a one-point PPR between Garcon, Chris Johnson, Jimmy Graham, C.J. Smiller, Spiller, C.J. Smiller also, DeMarco Murray, and James Jones. Boy, that's a, that's a solid little uh, group there. Wow. Well, I'm probably – 
just because Chris Johnson, even though Ellington's back, just because Chris Johnson has performed as a top ten back right now, I like to ride hot hands. So I'm probably going to stick with Chris Johnson. Uh, it seems like Jimmy Graham every time he has a has a dump game with uh, the, the this season so far through what four weeks. If he has a dump game the next week, he like scores a touchdown. So uh, give me give me Jimmy Graham. Uh, oh, I want Demarco's James Jones. Give me James Jones. I didn't even see him there at the end. Jimmy Graham, right. Chris, Chris Johnson, James Jones. Yeah, I don't know how much help we're going to be here. He's getting some help in the chat room. <laughs> Maybe we could break the tie there. I'm with you on Chris Johnson, and I'm going to stick with it in, until it goes away, and I, I don't see that happening. James Jones is obvious almost every week for me. It came down for me to, to Garcon and Jimmy Graham. And, boy, I hate trusting Kirk Cousins. Mm. I hate trusting that Washington offense. But what I saw last week, he can be a target hawk, and I think he's going to be the bailout. And the game they're behind, I'm, I'm going to lean slightly Garcon over Jimmy Graham. I get your point. I think in the PPR, you know, I just said maybe we overvalue that. I think that's the tiebreaker here. Jimmy Graham hasn't been a big target in ever, all, in all likelihood. If they have any chance to, to go to Cincinnati and win that game, he's going to have to get into the end zone. He's going to have to be a part of that offense. With a full point PPR, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Garcon here. Just be, I think he sees 10, 12, 14 targets in this game, especially if they find themselves playing from behind. One fun fact here: uh, Garcon's probably the wide receiver one for Washington, right? I, I would think so. Here's what number one wide receivers have done against the Atlanta Falcons: ten receptions, 102 yards on 13 targets; seven receptions, wow. 146 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. Nine receptions, 157 yards on 22 targets. So, um, after I looked that up, I think I'm switching to Garcon over Graham. <laughs> Seeing that the yeah. number one wide receiver is getting just peppered against Atlanta, that that must mean that I mean Atlanta's uh, you know Atlanta's except for the Dallas game, Atlanta is getting ahead. So right. maybe they'll be playing catch up and peppering Garcon. So. I'm switching midstream after looking uh, looking that up. I'm I'm changing Garcon to Jimmy Graham. I like it. We can definitely do that. Yeah. So we got Garcon, Chris Johnson, and James Jones there. We have a PPR flex: Hyde, Duke, or Travis Benjamin. Ooh, dumpster fire team, dumpster fire team, dumpster fire team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give me Duke Johnson. Uh, Travis Benjamin has been performing pretty well, but I wouldn't be shocked if Duke Johnson, once again, I'm, it's CPR. So um, if I wouldn't be surprised if Duke Johnson gets four, five, six receptions. And they, they have said they want him to be the Le'Veon Bell for their team. They want him in that role. And uh, he outsnaps Crowell by a large margin. Uh, I think he's when when it comes to flexes, I love those high upside guys, and I think Duke is the guy there. Yeah, I'm going to agree 100. percent Apparently, week one was certainly fool's gold for for Hyde. It's so hard to sit him down, and I think that's why we get so many Carlos Hyde questions. Is you see that potential in him, but it is just such a disaster in San Francisco. Travis Benjamin, a lot of high upside, but I don't want to base anything on three or four opportunities a game, which is, I think, the likelihood for for Travis Benjamin. If Cleveland quits acting like Cleveland and does what they should do here, Duke Johnson should see the ball a ton this week. You finally saw it last week. I talked to Rick and I talked about it a lot. 
earlier in the show, the Duke can bring Duke Johnson can bring to the game what Le'Veon Bell did against Baltimore. A guy like this should be able to torture that Baltimore defense. I'm going to go with him, and I always throw the little caveat in. He does play for Cleveland, and they hate guys who perform well offensively. (laughs) They work him out of the game. But I agree with you, big high upside and a PPR flex with a guy like Duke Johnson. All right, we need another flex in a PPR. Kendall Wright, Leonard Hankerson, Aiken, Theo Riddick and uh, Anquan Bolden. I'm assuming we need one here. So, right, Henderson, Aiken, Riddick, or Bolden? Oh, I, I think I lost Scott there. Let me uh, pull up and see. It did, did get a little bit loud there. So, Scott appears – well, I'm showing he's still on the line, so maybe he just uh, went radio silence. Are you still out there, Scott? <clears throat> All right, well, I, I will – oh, the caller has dropped. All right, so I'm going to hang up, Scott. Uh, if you can hear me, feel free to call back in. We'll get you right back on. So I'm looking at one, me, PPR, Kendall Wright, Leonard Hankerson, Aiken, Riddick, and Anquan Bolden. Got to throw Bolden out. Been a real disappointment. I, I don't want any part of that That Detroit. This, this comes down to Wright. Hankerson's interesting. He's seen so many targets. I wonder, though, with all this – we talked about it earlier in the show – with all of this nonsense, all of this fitting and carrying on we're seeing from, from Roddy White, if he doesn't, maybe not necessarily from the coaching staff, but but from his quarterback, from from Matty Ice, if he sees a little more work here, comes down to Wright or Aiken. I'm going to go with Kendall Wright here. Uh, has seen a couple of big games. has a nice has a nice little rapport with with the rookie quarterback. I'm going to go right over Aiken here. It's a little closer than I thought it would be, but uh, I'm going to go there. Let's see. Uh, see if we can get scott back on you there scott i am here there we go all right i don't know what happened there who if that was on my end (laughs) blog talk magic yeah i gotta love it 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 does nothing but kill shows it's so frustrating yeah you you being a computer guy you should uh invent the next platform you you could be a billionaire because i gotta assume 75 percent of blog talk users would would run over there with with this with uh Blog Talk being the only platform to take live calls in the chat room and everything else. We we need some competition, Scott. Why don't you put that together? Yeah, yeah, I, I should I should do that. I'll I'll have that up and running next week. <laughs> well, it seems like Blog Talk threw this one together in a week, so it couldn't be much worse. <laughs> All right, one one in a in a flex uh, PPR. Right, Hankerson, Aiken, Riddick, or Bolden. Ooh, wow. Um, in order, I would probably go. Hankerson, Aiken, Wright, uh, Riddick, and Ben Bolden. That's right. I went with Wright there. Uh, Hankerson, he seems to be the 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 pick in the chat room as well. I just wonder. I don't know if you heard me or, or when you dropped off. Are, are we worried at all with the with the stomping and pouting of Roddy White here that, that his quarterback, not necessarily the coaching staff, but the quarterback might try to force the ball his way and cost Hankerson some opportunities? Uh, some concern, but I, I just I feel that game is going to have a lot of throwing. Uh, I feel like I feel like this is one of your typical Matt Ryan three hundred thirty yard three TD games. So even if he does, I feel like there's going to be enough for everyone to eat. All right, so I think we're all caught up. What are we? Oh, we quarter after. We still got 15 minutes. Awesome. So back into the mailbag here. We answered that. Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton? Got him going head to head. I hate that when you have those choices and they're playing each other. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> normally, you uh, normally you would take uh, Wilson just because um, Seattle's defense. I, th- I think Seattle's defense take, has taken a step back, and I think Cincinnati's line is really blocking well for Andy Dalton this year. Give me Andy Dalton, the Red yeah. Rifle, baby. Yeah, I thought I thought we were going to disagree on this one. I agree a hundred percent. I'm tired as someone who does this three times a week of sitting here predicting the week where Andy Dalton finally returns to being Andy Dalton. I'm starting to think it's not going to happen, that Andy Dalton's figured it out, that he's turned the corner as a legitimate threat in the NFL as a quarterback. And until it goes away, Russell Will, that offense, Seattle, they're just doing it with smoke and mirrors. I mean, they stole that one Monday night. I'm just not impressed in that division. I, I wonder what's going to happen there. Russell Wilson has just been sort of uninspiring. He did, doesn't put that fear in me. And Andy Dalton does. He seems like the guy who can just sit back there and pick defenses apart. He's got those weapons around him. I'm going to agree with you. I, I Fully knowing at any week he could remember he's Andy Dalton and return to that form, he just keeps getting it done. Yeah. I And th- this is just like the year he finished as the QB3. I mean – People doubted him every game that year, and then the ones who stuck with him were probably just smiling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, look, we, we know he's going to gag come the playoffs because that's what he does, but that, that doesn't really <laughs> affect us here. So so keep putting yeah. up those numbers. If he has any Monday night games or Sunday night games, bench him. But other than that, start him. Right. Exactly, 100%. All right, need a flex and a PPR. Boy, uh, this is rough here. Ronnie Hillman. Marcus Wheaton or Alfred Morris? Ronnie Hillman, Marcus Wheaton, or Alfred Morris? Man, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, Alfred Morris would be the no-brainer here, right? Um, you know what? I'm still going to go Alfred Morris. That is, that's, I, I think Wheaton is, is grasping at straws. It, feel, it feels like it's going to be – I don't know how well that offense is going to run – this week, but uh, it feels like Bell is going to re- get a ton of receptions. Uh, yeah, give give me Morris. He feels like the safest. Um, yeah, wow, rough question. Yeah, yeah, th- th- this is rough. I'm going to go Morris as well here for, for the same reason. I don't know what to make of the, the Hillman CJ thing. I'm basically boycotting the, the, this entire Denver situation. Marcus Wheaton, boy, he should be busting out. It, maybe it's different with. Roethlisberger, but we didn't see it the, the first two and a half games. It, I don't know what it is. He's just not a gamer. He looks so good in practice. So he makes plays in the preseason, and once the lights come on, the Marcus Wheaton just disappears. I think Matt Jones has gone away a little bit. I think Alfred Morris is going to see the bulk of the carries. Obviously, there's packages he's not going to be a part of. This being a PPR makes this a little bit tougher. But Wheaton's just such a big grasper. Hillman's too much of a question mark. I think I, I think I'm confident that that Alfred Morris is going to see the ball 15 times, and he's reestablishing himself as that that feature back at least on first and second down. I'm going to have to go with Alfred Morris here, but tough tough to know what to make out of this Washington situation. It is somebody different every week. Yeah, it always it also feels like Washington just hates Alfred Morris or something. Like uh, last week, Chris Thompson looked really decent. Uh, running sweeps around the edge and stuff like that. I I wonder if they just they just don't like Alfred Morris and they're trying anything they can, or maybe they're just really trying to shake things up. I don't know. 
But uh, other than those three options, I mean, outside of Hillman's 72-yard run last week, uh, and, you know, I'm a Vikings fan, I watched the whole game, I didn't, I didn't find C.J. Anderson or Ronnie Hillman at all really impressive except for that one run. So, um, yeah, I, I just – I'm staying away from that situation. Yeah, Chris Thompson's a little bit intriguing, especially in a game where I assume they'll, they'll if not playing from behind, or going to have to be trying to keep up. It seems to be fitting nicely in that role, and you wonder if Gruden's trying to force it that way. But as long as this is a game and they're establishing the run game, I think it's going to be Alfred Morris. I, I, I hope for uh, this guy's sake, as we agreed on it, it is Alfred Morris. All right, here's one. I love when they had started with things like this. Here's one I never thought I would ask. Which Manning brother, Peyton or Eli? Oh, I'm going Eli. I I I would rather have Eli in a game that I, I think is going to have way more scoring, and Peyton has just been on a downturn. Um, and Oakland's D has, has become more and more legit. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show. The Oakland-Denver game is one of the lowest over-unders of the week. Uh, and uh, the, I suppose San Francisco's past year has been okay this year. But give me Eli. I think Eli has more potential for a big game than Peyton does. I, I never thought I'd hear that either. <laughs> yeah, it sounds strange to say, but, but the Peyton-Manning offense now seems to be ball control. It seems to be. 10 to 12 yards at a time, maybe based on his uh, inability to throw it over that. Those, those ducks won't travel 45 or 50 like they used to. And this is Eli, and it's not even close for me. And it does sound strange to say, but, yeah, i got to go Eli here. All right, Scott, I threw this one in here. It is the most obvious answer ever, but, but I put it in here to, to make a point. I, I have a question here. Bishop Sankey or Duke Johnson in a PPR? This is, oh, this is easy, easy. Bishop yes. Sankey going against that Buffalo defense, done. <laughs> this is so obviously Duke Johnson, but I just yeah. put it in. Enough with Bishop Sankey. Stop. Uh, what was it, week one, he looked really good. He's still Bishop Sankey. He's terrible. They're, they're working the ball to anyone they can but Bishop Sankey. Stop enough of this. No more Bishop Sankey questions. And Duke Johnson in a PPR is a good, good play this week. So simple question, just enough Bishop Sankey questions. The answer's always the other guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Antonio Andros is getting some work, too. And, they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're picking up guys off of, off of free agent guys to, you know, come, come try out. I mean, no, no. I'm not starting yeah. Bishop Sankey over Duke Johnson. Stop asking me sanky questions. That's that's the point here. All right, bye week blues. Newton on a bye. Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco. Well, is Cutler going to play? Uh, last I thought he was, I, I thought he was pretty questionable. But uh, it doesn't matter because I like Flacco this week. I like uh, I like Flacco's matchup against Cleveland, even though Cleveland's been you know all right in the past. I think I think Baltimore's in a situation where they probably feel they need to win. Um, uh, yeah, give me, give me. Yeah, I mean Baltimore's one and three. This 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 is a game they have to win. Give me Flacco. Yeah, you you certainly worry about Flacco's lack of weapons here. I still think he's going right. to see an opportunity. 
I get the question for a brief period there last week. Did Jay Cutler not look like an NFL quarterback, which which was very disconcerting to me. It's it's not something I'm used to seeing. But here in a game they have to have in, in a team that still believes they're, they're in a fight for, for the playoffs, I think the Bears know who they are. I don't like Jay Cutler. I believe this game is in Arrowhead, isn't it? So yeah. in there yeah. and that craziness and that noise perfect candidate to just drop balls he's banged up he's hurt everything i see looks like he should go today but it's still a question mark but this is joe flacco pretty easily we got uh five minutes left here chris johnson or isaiah crowell this is sort of again i put in i think it's so odd i guess we're asking about chris johnson with andre ellington coming back so many crowell questions i'm about to the point with him with bishop sankey where i want to say just quit asking me about isaiah crowell but i'll go ahead out there to you uh chris johnson or crowell uh, Chris Johnson. <laughs> I mean, Crowell's snaps are being reduced and reduced, and Chris Johnson is a, a lead back right now, even with Ellington coming back. Yeah, there's not much of a question for me. No, so uh, enough of the Isaiah Crowell, too. He, he's uh, he's about done. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's do one more here, and, and we'll, I'll get us out of here. Uh, we, I need three point PPR between Thomas, Ronnie Hillman. There he is again. Brandon Cooks and Booby Dixon. I think we get all these questions just because everybody wants to say wants to hear me say Booby on the air is what I'm starting to think. Okay, okay. My phone broke out twice during that. I heard Hillman and Dixon. All right, so we we need three out of Julius Thomas, Ronnie Hillman, Brandon Cooks, and Dixon. So basically, we need to sit one of those guys down. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not sitting Cooks. Uh, Julius Julius Thomas. Uh, it's his first week back, but uh, I, I just don't know that they have a ton of weapons. I mean, I suppose you can't – oh, man, that is true. They do – Hearns has been looking good, and Allen Robinson's been looking good. T.J. Alden looked good last week. Oof, that is, do they have enough to go around there? The problem is I just – it's only sit one, and I just can't trust Ronnie Hillman. So – I think I'd sit Ronnie Hillman there. I think Cooks and Dixon are the two that I definitely want to start. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. I You worry about Julius Thomas. That offense isn't good enough to feed four guys, quite simply. But I think when you got a Bortles, if you're getting the ball down or in, inside the red zone, we, we know what Julius Thomas can do. I understand it's not coming from Peyton Manning anymore. And we've never seen the production out of the, the tight ends – in Jacksonville, we would think, as a guy who tried to force Mercedes Lewis to happen for, for many a year. But, but I think here, I, again, I just can't trust Hillman. I like Thomas's chances of getting in the end zone. I hate counting just on a touchdown to, to make me right and to salvage this. But in this case, Hillman's too much of a question mark. So we got one more in the chat room. Uh, before we get out of here, Rivers or Peyton, six-point TD, negative two for interception. One for sec. Wow, the quarterback takes a negative for sex. That's interesting. I never played in a league like that. Yeah, I, it, it's uh, Rivers versus Peyton. I'm taking Rivers. I think Rivers leads the NFL in, in both. It might not be pass attempts, but it's definitely passing yards, uh, which surprised me a little bit. But uh, he's going against that Pittsburgh secondary on Monday night, right? So give me uh, <laughs> give me Philip Rivers. He's got his uh, he's got his uh, BFF coming back this week, and Antonio Gates against the yep. Steelers defense. So they're giving up what 14 or 15 points a week to the tight end, if I'm not mistaken. And then that factor, that's on average, that factors in no tight end play from Baltimore last week. So 
tight ends just assaulting the assaulting Pittsburgh. You get a guy like Danny Woodhead, uh, you get some stuff and the Steelers can't tackle. Yeah, I think this is Rivers, and I, I don't think it's all that close, quite frankly. And I think last week I took uh, Peyton over Rivers in one of the questions in the chat room, and I yeah, there he is now. He's attacking me. <laughs> I, uh, I I hurt track here last week on that one, so I'm going to redeem myself rivers this week which is certain to mean that uh peyton manning throws for 425 and four touchdowns this week the old flieger curse it happens that's what i do oh real quick. Oh, we got another eli or peyton question uh we had that a little earlier uh, i'm still still sticking eli there and that one i actually don't think is close uh we talked about that eli o- over peyton all day against that terrible san francisco team well, that's it. We are up against the clock here. Scott, thanks so much for bailing me out once again. And uh, I'm going to have to say it. This may lead you to, to take a beating again next week, but uh, more Scott Fish equals a greater show. As simple as that. Uh, he was talking about all that Einstein nonsense. I don't know what he's going with there. I'm not very smart, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to say you, you pulled it together and you saved the day once again, Scott. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm a bona fide superhero, fantasy superhero. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate the help. Why don't you tell everyone about your show and uh, where they can find you? The Bull Rush Podcast. It's on uh, Asylum Sports Network. You should look that up on iTunes, and you'll get it. You'll get us every week. Uh, I've missed a couple here. My schedule's been a little rough, but uh, you can also find me uh, at Scottfish24 on Twitter. Um, Go ahead and give me a follow. I promise at least one tweet per week. So, <laughs> no, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on enough to dole out a little fancy advice. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me again. This is this is this is awesome. All right, Scott. Appreciate it. Take care. I check out the Bull Rush AsylumFantasySports.com, and I uh, will talk to you next week, Scott. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot. By the way, let's get that listener league going next year. I want I want to play against some of these guys in the chat room. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got to do that. I wonder if we could do one of those like mid-season leagues or something. If that would be cheesy, I never did that before. Yeah, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk talk during the week. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I'll All see right. if I can put that together. All right, Scott, man, appreciate it. Have a great week. Thanks, you too. All right, Scott Fish, at Scott Fish 24 the Bull Rush Podcast. J- just brilliant. It's one of those nice consolidates, usually about a half hour, 45 minutes. J- just funny, funny podcast, good information, and some entertainment, which is what I look for in a podcast. So definitely check that out, AsylumFantasySports.com, on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. So I am going to get out of here. Thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat room. Thanks to everyone who been great show. Good luck here in week six. We'll follow back up with this Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, AsylumFantasySports.com, Talk Radio. Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, replays at 9 o'clock Eastern, the Fantasy Sports Network, Cablevision 147, cable outlets all up and down the East Coast and in Canada, or at FantasySportsNetwork.com, live streaming there 24-7, so check you got any questions leading up to kickoff at Asylum Football on Twitter? I'll be manning the Twitter machine right up until kickoff. Until then, we'll see you. Say I'll take it in the spit.
Jump some bikes and say, okay. 